What up? Josh Gans, the man himself in the building. Uh, Are you recording? We are indeed, friend. We're live. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, for him too. Me too, man. Uh, so you made a really good point last time. Oh, sorry. I should start with this. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome back to the <laughs> Invincible FC podcast. Um, so Josh made an excellent point after the last recording. He texted me and said, we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit more than we have. Because really, right now, all you know about us is our names. Yep. <laughs> And that we are so, masterminds of football. Of course. The ball knowledge is there. Yep. But everyone yep. that, that was plain to see. It, it, honestly, anyone could have seen that. Um, no. Um, so I figured that we would just go in and I would start asking you a couple questions about the legend that is Josh Gans. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm sorry I did not have that ready for you. No, you're good. I mean, <laughs> there, there are questions that will work both ways. Okay, um, okay. So well, the first one probably won't, but the rest of them will. So the first one I wanted to ask you was, um, what gave you the inspiration to start the Invincible FC uh, Instagram page? The Instagram page. So the real history behind it is, uh, I was a young teen, more like a preteen, that was that just found out about Instagram and was trying out all these new stupid pages, like football pages or different types of. um different types of of instagram pages that did not work out i don't even remember what i did i made so many of them uh and then i made this one and i was like and this wasn't invincible fc at the time this was invincible arsenal where i was uh it was purely an arsenal page just like a little fan page it was you know looking back a little childish but uh you know here we are to this day and it's still running and basically i just I just had the idea. I was like, I want to make this page. And this was the one that happened to work out. I mean, I, um, I started in 2014. So I was 13 years old and I, (laughs) and looking back on the posts, they're a little cringy, a little cringeworthy, but, um, after a few years, I'd grown up to 20,000 followers, 25,000 followers. It got up as much as 33,000. Um, I lost, you know, lost a little love in doing it just purely on Arsenal. So I wanted to expand to, uh, to all football to make it Invincible FC. I really liked the name, how it flowed. Um, and it lost followers as expected because a lot of people didn't sign up for that, but mm. I enjoy what I do and I'm glad, I'm glad I made the transition. And that's, that's pretty awesome, bro. Yeah. Well, that is, I gotta be honest with you, a lot more backstory than I thought we were getting. So oh, yeah? that's pretty awesome, bro. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gassed with that. I'm gassed yeah. with that. So you mentioned that you were 13 when you started it. That kind of leads me into the next questions I was going to ask you. So yep. just for reference for the viewers, how old are you now? I'm 21 years old. And I understand, that you go to, I understand that you are in college right now? I am in college. Where do you I go? I understand you've recently graduated college. I go to Brandeis University in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh don't stalk me but <laughs> yeah um i'm right that well i you know just as as you hinted that i just graduated from brandeis for everyone that's wondering that's where we met um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean i think that that's that's it's a funny backstory better. How... yeah we well, if you were want to tell randomly it, yeah. i randomly assigned roommates yeah literally completely randomly assigned roommates completely and random. it worked out Worked and, out really, really well. We'd never met each other, and Josh yeah. moved in on the first day, and turned out we were both Arsenal fans, and yeah. that really, that it's that shocking. that was a big that was a big help. And the the rest is history, and here we are. The rest is history. We watched every game together, <laughs> every single one. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm glad we got a little a little base on a little that. Backstory. I think that that was important. No, I'm glad we. I'm sure more stuff about us will emerge, but I don't think anyone's listening to, to hear backstory about a couple of dorks in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's get let's into, get the, into let's it. get into the, let's, let's get into the, we'll start with a, we're not doing a premier league section this time, but we'll start with the world news before we get into Arsenal. I like that. Um, I think something that most of our American listeners will care a lot about is uh, Brendan Aronson to Leeds. Exciting stuff, man. Yeah. I, what, are your, what are your thoughts? 
So I, I saw rumors about it for a while. I thought there was a possibility of happening. I saw it when Bielsa was manager and didn't really like the move because I thought his style of play might kind of ruin him um, and, you know, stun his growth. But once uh, once Jesse Marsh became manager of Leeds, I really liked it because he was his manager back at Salzburg and they've created a good relationship. And bringing Aronson to the Premier League uh, – huge step up from the Austrian league. I mean, that's exciting in itself. Um, He has a big challenge ahead of himself to keep leads up and perhaps, you know, push them up the table. And I think he can be a, a big piece to that puzzle. I think he, I think he's a starter. I think he'll match well with um, Jack Harrison. He might replace Rafinha and I think he's got a big weight on his shoulders. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I I do think that his arrival does indicate that it is likely Rafinha will leave Leeds this window. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like this the team has space for all three of those guys. Doubt it. Um, that'll be that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting thing to see where he ends up. Obviously, everybody keeps saying Barcelona. Who knows if Barcelona is really where Rafinha is headed? Um, obviously, I think a move of that caliber is definitely in the cards for him. He's a very talented young player and. Um, he probably deserves a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or something like that. Um, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, a lot. Some of those teams he's are kind enough. of strapped for cash right now, and it'll be interesting. Yeah, he's good enough for Barcelona. They're just linked to every single player available. So mm. who knows who they'll get? But there's a few. Of the, it seems like Man United, Barcelona. And even sometimes, and I know this is probably just because I, I see their medium more than everybody else, but Arsenal, every big mm-hmm. popular youngster is linked to at least those three clubs yep, and more. Absolutely. Yeah. They as, will throw those names about like, like crazy, man. Yeah. And as Arsenal fans, I think we've, we've gone through all the, the emotions uh, from every single, uh, every single young star for the, for the last you know, decade or so. Just yeah. being linked to us, Benzema for five years turned out to be the best player in the world. What was that about? But uh, crazy Zaha still crazy. going. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. It, it, it's quite remarkable. It is quite remarkable. And the but the Zaha thing, it never really had me sold because it seemed more like he uh, wanted to come to us than we wanted. Oh him. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't um, know if you're ever that interested, but yeah, I mean the Zaha cool. with the with the sign at the club that said something about Arsenal. He he really yeah. was begging it for a while. He's a there. Fan. Uh, he is. Um, I find that interesting. I am nervous for Aronson at Leeds too, by the way. Uh, and just to make sure that we circle back around to that real quick. Um, because he is young and that team is not inexperienced, but low quality. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to need, I think Rafinha staying on the team would be really good for him, at least at the beginning, because he's going to need a mentor type figure. And you look at somebody like a Jack Harrison and say, like, take this guy under your wing, show him how it works. And you'd hope that that, that would be a good connection. But you just would, would hope for um, – I don't know if this is really a very legitimate claim, but uh, you, you'd hope for some, some players with a little bit more skill almost. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Um, I mean, talking about taking under their wing or a mentor – I, I do still think that, that uh, Jesse Marsh can create a good relationship with him. I know player mentorship is very different than manager mentorship, but um, even having that relationship to be able to transition like that with another American, but also with Jack Harrison, who, as we know, you know, personally, he's not actually personally, but uh, he's, oh, he's local. He's in Ameri- he came from America. So he's, he's definitely got some connections there. Um, but yeah, Leeds it's as a whole, they don't have a lot of leadership. They have they're kind of a mess. Their squad. So you're right about that. But I think that'll also force him to grow a lot, force him to mature. It will test his strength of character. We will we will see the true Brendan Aronson. There's no doubt in my mind. Yes, we will. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for that. I really am. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, bouncing along here. Uh, Mbappe stays in Paris on a mega contract. I don't really want to spend that much time talking about Mbappe or Holland, but I feel like we should touch on both of them really quickly because we haven't talked about the Holland deal yet either. Holland to City for, what was it, 60-something million? It was a triggered release clause that just, I don't know, 60 to 80, something like that. But 
Um, Way less than he's worth. <laughs> yeah, dude. Insane. Depending on how healthy he'll stay, but I mean, that's the one thing I worry about him is he he's already been injury prone. He's been he's been dealing with a lot of knocks and a lot of you know physical injuries like contact injuries, mm-hmm. and when you're dealing with a lot of those types of injuries, you're bound to struggle a little bit when you come to a league like the Prem, which is just such a physical league and. I mean, he's unbelievable. If he plays a full season, he's scoring 40 goals at least. I have no doubt about that. De Bruyne is breaking the assist record. It's going to be unfair yeah, to watch, but I don't know how healthy he'll stay. I, I think that's a legitimate point. I think we've seen that, and we're going to talk about this guy in, in a little bit here because there's some exciting rumors floating around about him, but I think we've seen it with Garen Tierney at Arsenal. Yep. Um, players come and I I mean he said like the way I play I will get injured but he has had so many injuries in the last couple years that he's been here just the physicality of the Premier League it especially players who who use their physical gifts a lot in their game it I mean it will it will push you to the limit of what you can do and Holland is a big guy who who bullies defenders but I mean how how easily is he going to bully a Virgil van Dyke or a John Stones type (laughs) type character you don't you won't see it right I mean Nobody's going to generally bully off Van Dyke, but um, I mean, he has the capabilities in terms of an open play, you know, when he's not injured, I think he'll be doing just fine. I don't think he's going to have trouble transitioning to the prem. The only question is for me, at least uh, whether he can stay healthy. Interesting. You know, I haven't heard a single person question whether Holland will transition well to the premier league. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just curious to see if it's true. And I get yeah. that you know you could take Virgil. You're you're correct about it. like you could point at, at any human being and say Virgil Van Dyke couldn't manhandle right. manhandle that or that guy couldn't manhandle Virgil Van Dyke. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, the physicality step up. I think we'll we'll see. It could benefit Holland because he is so physically gifted, uh, and it could be a hindrance yeah. if he's not ready for it. But um. Yeah, and it does seem a little ridiculous to say Erling Holland won't be ready for the physicality right. of the Premier League. I mean, so one... I do recognize the like what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, but also, I mean, just to touch back, he's coming from the Bundesliga, where many players, especially forwards who have been absolutely lethal in front of goal, there goals have struggled very often. I mean, most recent cases, Timo Werner, but um, mm. there have been many cases, especially from the Bundesliga where players just haven't been able to fit. I again, I don't I don't think we'll have a problem with that, but that's the one thing to keep in mind. That, that's a good point. Oh, dude, you remember t- how lethal team over and it was on FIFA 20. Unbelievable. Dude, like, I, I don't hey, know if I played got, it that much, but oh, you I know got the ball anywhere in the box with that guy, you just <laughs> tap tap B guaranteed. Yeah. He was he was a walking bucket. It was insane. Yeah. Um, Connor pieced <laughs> I've me heard, up with I've that heard. guy a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I guess we can talk about the Mbappe contract for a minute, although it yeah. really makes me want to throw up every time I think yeah, about it. So yeah. I don't know how long we can really spend on it. Um, I I'm seeing conflicting stuff about the level of like control he has over the club, but pretty much what everybody's saying is that he his contract does have some form of of bringing in a new footballing director, I believe, and mm-hmm. a new manager. Basically, or guaranteed promises. Yeah, yeah, that's insane, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I think we've both been seeing all those memes <laughs> going around that are like he's gonna he's gonna sell all you know everybody to Real Madrid and then sell himself there using the contract. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> take the three hundred million go. But um, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll stay at least through the contract with something like that. Um, Never seen anything like this before. This is the most insane contract in the history of sports. By I mean, and I don't think he has a choice. If he yeah. wants to ever leave PSG, he has to play out these three years because there's yeah. no team that is going to buy him. Right. At yeah. that, like, I guess you could. We don't know what we don't know what Piff is going to put into Newcastle. Really, now right. do we? Right. But the only team that you, that I can think of that would pay a release clause like that is PSG, yep. and they already have him. So. Or like pay for a, a, a not I don't I guess not a release clause but a, a transfer bill that is PSG and they already have them so yeah I think I think it remains to be seen what Piff Castle turns into, um, yep. <laughs> but they are the only group 
with a chance to muster up enough money to buy him. I and guess so, so. It does seem like he's there for at least three years. Yeah, I mean, he probably stays at least through his contract. And then if they lose him for free, oh my goodness, that is a disaster for them. But what? How do you think they define what you think a successful three years at PSG looks like for Mbappe? They have to win the Champions League. With a contract like that, they have to win the Champions League. They have to – I mean, that's the only thing that they like that's special for them to win because, you know, if they don't win League uh, every single year, that's a complete failure. And if they don't – you know, if they don't win the domestic trophies, then if they win the the Champions League, you assume they win the Super Cup and the Club World Cup. So I think the Champions League is the only only thing special. So – in my opinion, with a contract like that, they should be winning two of the of those three Champions Leagues. I don't think they I, will. I I don't think that they'll win any of them. If I'm being completely I, frank with you, I, I think I this is. I I think that this is this deal is terrible for Mbappe's career. Yeah. yeah. It just it it, 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 it main maintains to be seen if I'm correct, but I mean it just seems to me like down. <laughs> these. These big money moves for these young players almost never work out. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I hope it doesn't go to his head also, you know, for off the field stuff, because we've we've already seen incidents. I mean, certainly one this year of young players who are given too much money and given yeses to everything and sometimes it goes to their head and it, it for you know, for bad things can happen. But hopefully he can, you know, be mature and at least handle it the right way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well done to dance around saying the name Mason Greenwood. <laughs> um, we don't. Uh, we don't speak of him, but uh, yeah. Lord, Lord Voldemort esque. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, okay. So, so dawdling on here to the Arsenal section because I do want to talk about Arsenal. There is some exciting things going on at the club at the moment. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna forego the exciting part for now and talk about something that's definitely made you pissed off. Oh yeah, um, the idea of Arsenal buying Alvaro Morata. It looks I... like the price tag being set is about thirty million. The reaction from the fan base is volatile. Put a voice. I, it. I don't understand where that came from because I, I never heard anything about it, and then suddenly we see this tweet. What sport uh, tweeted it or confirmed okay. it or whatever it was that that Arsenal's close to signing Morata? What is that about? I mean, uh, dude, he's literally out of nowhere. Are very close to signing for Arsenal, according to Sport. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I don't have much to say on that. I think that's a terrible move. Um, Morata is um, the biggest, excuse my language, poor in football, as somebody said in, in a group chat we're in. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, he's and he doesn't offer that much. I mean, what what's he going to offer that Gabriel Jesus isn't, or that? Tammy Abraham isn't going to offer. I, I don't understand what the. I mean, if we really have that little pull by getting Europa League, which I doubt is the case, then okay. But I, I don't understand it. I it just it just seems like a waste of thirty million to me. You okay. know what I mean? It just seems like he's not he's not a project player. He's not somebody who's going to come in and really like impact the squad over the next like eight years. Mm-hmm. And those are the players we're buying right now are, are, are players who, I mean, and granted, they probably won't all stay for that long. Right. But we're buying players who are theoretically part of the project long term. And, and if they don't, they're at least going to be young enough that we can sell them and, and yep. not lose. I mean, Pepe is not a great example, but, you know, younger players yeah. that we can. We got to cut our losses there. The oh, call. dude. And we'll, we're going to do, we're going to have to do summer transfers in depth. I think we yeah. will, um, I think we will probably get that done next week. You think? Yeah. Yeah. We can Whatever. Um, we'll talk about what's upcoming for this pod at the end. Um, yeah. but I, I do think that, that it just doesn't seem like an intelligent buy. And I, I, you know, right. it seems to me like another one of those potential situations where Arsenal's name has been thrown into a transfer. We have nothing to do with. Yep. Man, I just hope that that's the case. I really hope so. I mean, it's to be another like Willian situation, like mm. along those lines. It's just I don't, I don't get, I don't get where they come from with that. And right now, I'm reading a tweet that says that I'm now convinced Morata is a front for money laundering. That's been a a, uh, a <laughs> conspiracy going around. 
Um, not completely. Uh, That's the most uh, unreal thing I've ever heard about. <laughs> I think he might be. Murata, he just goes to every different club for like thirty million every time. Does nothing and leaves. But um, <laughs> what a waste. Um, so moving on from that to. Uh, Sounds like we're in full accordance on the Murata thing. Something I I I can I tell that we don't agree on. Um, let's talk about the purchase of Aaron Hickey and the potential sale of Kieran Tierney. Right. Can Which you give you us know? the numbers on that? So we've been seeing rumors uh, today, especially about Newcastle United buying Kieran Tierney for fifty million. Um, <sighs> I've seen people who actually like this, and I think it's an appalling move from us. I think this would be so backwards because I understand he's he's injury prone. I understand he hasn't completed a full season, but we should be investing in getting him healthy, not in just selling him every time a player you know is not uh, is not getting healthy, is is having trouble you know with their injuries. I mean. That's been a that's been a problem for Arsenal for years, for decades now. I mean, it's not just a Kieran Tierney issue. This is a club issue, and they just need to. I mean, they, they need to they need to invest in better. I, I don't even know what's going on with them, but. Um, I mean, we saw it this year, dude. So many yeah, injuries in that squad. Absolutely, yeah. So and many injuries in that squad. Kieran Tierney is Arsenal's best defender. I think it's him and Tomiyasu. And Tierney still offers more going forward, and I think he's, I think he's the best defender, and, um, and then selling him to Newcastle, I don't think fifty million is even that much in today's market for a player like him. Newcastle is going to be a rival within the next few years, maybe next year. They, they, imagine they I had agree. him in the that game that we lost two nil. It would have been ugly. I mean, he's a great, been, great yeah. player, and people. People take him for granted. So, how much would you want for him then, if we were to sell him? Not saying that we're going to, but if I, I mean, I don't want to, were for sale. I don't want much, to. How much would it rather take? sell him out of the league? But yeah. if we have to sell him in or out of the league, I think he's worth eighty mil. I was going to say seventy, but eighty—that fair enough. Yeah. I think I mean, if, Harry, if Harry Maguire went for eighty mil, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're basing everything off of that. Because uh, I think we, I, I think I'd we be should. worth 160 mil, you'd be worth 200 mil. So, uh, okay, no, I'd I'd still be worth half a pair of Yeezys. But, um, <laughs> and I don't mean like just one Yeezy. I mean like half of each shoe. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you really can't even wear them. Uh, but no, I I I think that that's. I don't know. I I think that for me personally. I think that if they purchase Aaron Hickey, that Tierney on his way out for a reasonable price is not the end of the world just because this team needs star power. And I, I listen, you know how much I love Kieran Tierney. I just, yep. I, I just bought a, a Kieran Tierney Arsenal home kit as a gift for a close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really it's something that is really like he's a great player and I've loved watching him. When did he we buy him? Was it was he one of those that we bought in the first summer with Arteta? Yes. Uh no, the he's, summer before then. It was okay. So he's an Emery. Yep. Um I was an Emery buy. But he's he was a great buy. And that's the the one thing about Unai Emery that we've seen is that he does actually have a pretty solid eye for talent. Yeah, looking at but I mean we, we touched on the Zaha thing earlier. Looking at he did was it not him that said that he would he was lobbying to buy Zaha that window instead of Nicola Pepe. Yep, he was. I, I mean I think that you know no matter what attitude issues you have with Zaha, his production and the way that he plays, I, he would have undoubtedly been a far better purchase than Nicola Pepe. Um, so I think that's yeah. an interesting one. Um, but. Tierney is – he was one of the first players in that next wave that really is bringing this team back together. So it would be emotionally difficult to see him go. And he Captain. is 
You know Odegaard's the captain now, though, right? I know, I like, know. You know Odegaard's the captain now. I think he's our uh, our either our alternate captain or just an honorary captain because he deserves it. I think. But interesting. But you, so you're saying that if we sign Aaron Hickey, then we can sell Tierney for a reasonable price and then use that money for more important things. Yeah, that is what I'm saying, and I, I recognize that that's a little bit foolhardy given that we don't actually have a good left back if Hickey doesn't right. work out because then you're back to Nuno Tavares. Right. So I see the flaw in that plan, um, but I think that Scottish left backs are really good. So Clearly. I don't see him being a flop. <laughs> yeah, it's all they but... got. <laughs> um, Man, that is that 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 national team. They're gonna. What are they gonna do with another high quality left back? Yeah, I don't know. They'll figure it out. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll right get. It. <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna have to. That's what yeah. I do. With career career move. My fullback. Yeah. Interchangeable sides. You have to. Um, here's my issue with this is that I, you know, he, he seems like a good talented player. He's 19. He's got, he scored five goals. He's actually like their leading scorer, uh, Bologna's, um, no second leadings. Nope. never mind. He was fourth, (laughs) but he had five goals as a 19 year old fullback, which is very impressive. Um, but that's also a problem that he's a 19 year old wingback who's, who goes forward more often. First of all, if we were to keep Tierney, I think I, I want a more defensive player. I want a defensive fullback um, who we mm. can trust to cover um, when, if and when Tierney goes down. Because then, you know, we can at least rely on that player to do his job. We don't need him to go score or assist a goal. We need him yeah, to do totally. his job if Tierney is out. Ideally, Tierney is still playing. But if we're to sell Tierney, I, I want to actually invest in a true fullback but i don't think we need to because i don't think we should be selling tyranny i think we should be keeping tyranny and then going for a defensive uh left back nuno Tavares mm. is not that i don't think aaron Hayes about him if i'm being honest so maybe he's a very good defender but um what i seem to get out of it is that he is a more uh attacking minded fullback so okay. that's a worry of mine Okay, that makes sense. So then I guess the other name that we've been – I've danced around it because I didn't want to bring him up quite yet. Yep. The other name that would make this conversation really interesting that's been linked to us in the last couple of days, really, Alexander Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, well, who was it was talking about someone – Arteta wanted to play him as a midfielder? Yep. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's a really good left back. And if they do actually sell Tierney to Newcastle, the only way I would feel fully okay with it is if we bought Zinchenko. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. If they can get Zinchenko for $30 million and sell Tierney for sixty, yep. that's good business. Yeah, I mean, again, if we're to sell Tierney, I wouldn't be totally against uh, Zinchenko because he's an experienced, uh, prem-proven player. He's a title winner. He has everything under his belt. He played under Arteta before. And he's a very good player. Um, he's very talented. Mm. But again, I think he's a more attack-minded uh, fullback. I, I don't think he's – I think he's a very average defender at best. I mean, he's not – he doesn't He doesn't focus on defending. And that's fair. Maybe Arteta can get the best out of him. He can he can change his, uh, his attitude, his mindset. But I, I really want to – go for a more defensive player. So again, I, I'm not completely sold on it. I, I like Sinchenko. I think he's, you know, he's talented and it would be, it would be nice to sign him and I'd be fine with if he was backup, but I doubt he'd be our backup. I, I doubt he'd, he'd leave Man City as backup. He, just to be not going to sit the bench at Arsenal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I doubt it may, maybe a super sub maybe, but again, we, we talked about last episode, how the midfield is, if we sign another midfielder and bring everybody else back, it's it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot more depth, a lot more competition in there. So I don't even know if he'd if he'd you know it would make sense to bring him in the midfield either. So my wonder for you then is Arteta keeps saying Saliba's coming back. Oof. There's thoughts 
people are saying three-back formation with Gabrielle Saliba and Ben White. I know people are saying that Juventus are going to try and buy Gabrielle. I would be personally. I know that you're saying Tierney's the best defender that we have. I wholeheartedly believe that it's Gabrielle. I would be heartbroken to see him leave this early. I just think he's so fantastic. He seems so passionate about the club. He seems to have such good friendships with the players, even though he doesn't really speak English. Um. And I would just be absolutely gutted to see him leave. Um, but however, if they were to set up a three-back formation, you would you'd have to say that Zinchenko or not uh, Hickey. I'm not going to say Tavares because Tavares is just an inferior player to <laughs> Tierney in every way. Yeah. But particularly, as Zinchenko is probably better suited to a left wing back role, and that's in that team in that system. Yeah, I mean, if we were to, I mean, yes, okay. First of all, all things considered, we have to bring Saliba back. I think we all, everybody's in agreement we, on that. Yeah, we need um, Saliba he's back. He's fantastic. Um, he looks like he's ready. Um, if we were to go to a back three, then that does make a lot more sense. Um, bringing in, yeah, a wing back. I think Zinchenko would work perfectly in that. Maybe Hickey. Again, I don't know that much about him, but he might work very well. My question is, first of all, if we were to go to a back three, we might that that might be a situation where we have to let go of Tierney. And then on the other side, what's the deal with Tomiyasu? Is Tomiyasu coming in as a third center back? Because there's already Ben White there. Tomiyasu is not yeah. a wing back. Um, he's, he, I mean, he's a great center back, especially in a back three. He'd work great there. But again, there's competition there. It'd be him or Ben White. Um, personally, right now, I'd choose Tomiyasu. But Ben White works very well in the system. Um, I've, I've still not been that convinced though, um, this season about Arsenal's, uh, back line. Again, obviously we've had fullback issues. There's been injuries, whatever, but, um, last season that we conceded what 39 goals, something that we like the third best defense in the league this year, we conceded, I think 48 goals. Um, yeah, we conceded 48 goals and you know, it's, it's not terrible, but we still struggle a little bit. And I think. I like Gabriel a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. He's young. He's composed. I like that a lot. And he doesn't make mistakes that often. But he he hasn't been, in my opinion, elite. He's not he's not at that next level yet. He's not elite yet. And I think I think he complements uh, Ben White pretty well in the sense that he's more of an aerial guy. He'll win balls in the air. Um, he'll he'll mark players one on one more more tightly um whereas ben white is more is better on the ground he'll make blocks he'll uh he'll be you know he'll he'll make sliding challenges he'll he'll do things like that i I like both of them i think they're both composed and i do like that about them but i don't think they're a complete back two yet so a back three might work i just don't know how we fit in tierney and tomiyasu there i i do like the idea of a back three to stop us from leaking silly goals because as well as I thought the defense played this whole year. Um, and I really did feel good about our, our defense at a lot of points. I, I like Ben White and Gabrielle as a pairing. I think they play well together. I think when White was out and Holding stepped in, and here I am going off about I love Rob Holding <laughs> so much. Um, I honestly think that he came in late in the season and proved that he is probably the second best center back on the team. But yeah. I will get, give up the ghost on that one because Arteta is never going to give him the respect that he deserves. No, because um, he didn't cost fifty million. And he's, yeah, and it's English. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Got some peace, but I, either way, oh jeez. Um, nah, you saw not, they're putting up a statue of him outside the Emirates soon. I love that. Yeah, fantastic, bro. Oh, my fantastic news. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I just don't. I have some confidence in our center back partnership. I like the the options that we have. I know everyone wants to see Saliba back at Arsenal. I want to see Saliba back at Arsenal. I want to see what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that means that one of those four being Tomiyasu holding Gabrielle and Ben White has to go because there's just too many cooks in the kitchen. You might be right. Well, if there's a back three or if there's a back two, my, I, mm, good point. If there's a back two, yes, okay. one of them has to go. Okay. If there's a back three, 
maybe there's space for all all five of them. But we do know that that um, there were depth issues this year with a back two having three uh, center backs because it was just Ben White, uh, Gabrielle, and Holding. And then, you know, Holding got sent off. There were questions about uh, Gabrielle and Ben White's health. They they ended up playing, but I don't know if they were fully healthy um, because there were no other options, really. Yeah, but that's where, like, holding on to a player like a Callum Chambers helps you. You don't bring right. William Saliba in to be the him. option when Rob Holding gets a red card. Right. And I don't think Rob Holding's – like, Rob Holding's a very good player. I don't think that he's – ever going to get the respects slash mm-hmm. really be good enough to start for a team like Arsenal. Right. If he's okay with playing a bench role, then that's probably mm-hmm. where he belongs. Yeah. Um, but you'd see him as good enough to really get consistent minutes at, at a, a mid table club play right. a lot more than he's playing at Arsenal. So you yep. wonder if he'd want to stick around and then you'd look at options of, of a like, and I hate to say Pablo Mari because he wasn't really all that good. That, yeah. But someone at, at like a, a buy like that, where somebody where you know you yep. you're bringing them in, they're unlikely to ever be a starter, right. but they're gonna put in a shift and 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 take up minutes where you know you have issues. Yeah, them. Yep. Them up, yeah. Pablo Mari is an interesting player to consider in moments like this. Um. So bumping along here because we're we're moving along with time here. Yeah, we, we are. took more time on that section than I thought we were going <laughs> to. <laughs> um, Get caught in it. Absolutely. Well, well, there's a lot to discuss. Yeah. And that means that we have plenty of material for further episodes, which are coming soon. Absolutely. Uh, but hopping on to this game section, we're going to play a few games here. Oh, and an idea I had for the this or that section is I think we should go through these, have our little debates, and then maybe put them up as an Instagram poll. See, like see who that. the listeners, see what the okay. listeners feel about them. Okay. Um, but we've got three that. this or that debate questions mm-hmm. for this evening. Uh, I think let's just go ahead and run down the line. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, pub or home for watching a game? Um, so I used to I used to think it was home. I I haven't. I mean, I I hadn't been to a, a uh, pub for a game until I turned twenty one, which was uh, three months ago. So <laughs> yeah, um, and I've gone I've gone to two games at a pub with you. Um, and they are an amazing time. And I, you know, beforehand, I always, I always preferred, I always thought I'd prefer it at home because I love listening to the commentators. But I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can listen to that in the highlights after the game. It's different when you're actually at the pub with other fans and you can actually react like, you know, like you're at the stadium. And it's, it's, it's just different when you're there. It's, it's a really different vibe. You're with all the other super fans that are willing to go you know you have a few drinks uh you know if you're not 21 of course don't but uh you don't condone <laughs> or pour, that or here. pour it in a coca-cola <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i i definitely will go to the pub yeah um that's that's a really good answer i gotta tell you we i so i went on the last day you know when we, we talked about this last yep. episode i went on the last day and for that one time, I did wish that I was at home. Really? I think the other two games that we've gone to at the pub been fantastic. I love it. It's a better atmosphere for a competitive game. But it was an Arsenal game that didn't really matter. And it struck me back to 2019 on the final day. I knew Aubameyang was chasing the golden boot. Yep. I knew it was kind of whatever, but our game didn't really matter. And it was hard for me to really get into it and care that much. And obviously, when you thrash Everton five one, and there's five goals to cheer about, the whole crowd stays, the whole place stayed into the game the whole time. And it was a lot of fun, and we went got crazy every single time they scored. Um, so you got the experience out of it. But I found myself sitting there wishing that I had been at home because I would have been watching that Man City game. Right. Yeah. So you had to. Yeah, that's and one there thing. If really... there are other games going on, you can you have to stay and watch that game. So maybe on yeah. a on a super Sunday, especially when the game doesn't matter and others do that's a special circumstance but generally what do you oh generally oh generally pub is much better i just i was i would say to qualify it for that that championship sunday yeah experience is is better at home but i think that probably is the only time i also um 
I also think if we were in some sort of cup final, I, I would have to stay home. I think I'd throw up at that bar. I'd be so nervous. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, if you go there and, and it doesn't work out, that's – Oh, dude, imagine how depressing it would be. So this yeah. – we're not going to say that on there, actually, because that's going to totally jinx it. Um, But moving on. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. I was going to say we've never – okay, well, don't I'll say, say don't it now. Say, don't say. I've, well, I've, it's, no, no, it's no, out no. now. Um, <laughs> I was going to say we've never seen Arsenal lose when we go to the pub. I've been uh, three times, three wins. <laughs> so, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> New season, the, the jinx is uh, reset. We're yeah. Good. Okay, yeah, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. All right, <laughs> mate, question two, grass or turf? I'm assuming this uh, is for playing. Yeah, this is for playing um, grass any day. Uh, I'm taking a five out of ten grass over ten out of ten turf any day, um, unless unless the grass is like a literal dirt patch that's bumpy, that's rough, that's not a straight field. I'm taking the grass because it's um, first of all, it's it's natural. It's how the game's supposed to be played. Uh, the ball rolls in a natural way, and second of all. Uh, it leads to way fewer injuries. I, I certainly have experienced quite a few injuries on turf. Um, I've, you know, <laughs> I've been forced into two surgeries and now waiting to try and come back again because of, you know, the give, the give that turf lacks. Um, I hate playing on turf. I really do. I enjoy playing soccer more, football more, uh, as you can tell, I'm American. Um on on grass you can also tell we're american just talking about this debate because we only have turf in, in the u.s and there's a reason for that i don't think it should it should be there i'm taking uh, i'll support you there i think it's going to be interesting to see how they set up the world cup games in stadiums that have turf fields right now because they're going to have to install True. grass for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, and it seems like they can bring those rolls of grass and just put them yeah. out and it'll probably be fine but uh, again, I don't know that much about it, but I'm going to contradict you on this one, and I'm going to give you the reason why. Um, I do think that, that grass is a more natural way to play the game. If I were uh, like a more talented footballer, I think I would certainly prefer the grass. But, uh, you know, I, I reached the high heights of JV soccer. <laughs> <laughs> was the highest level of football I ever I ever performed at. Um, okay, and uh, as you as you definitely know, my my only attribute is my pace. So your pace is there. Your pace is the, there. The, the pace is definitely there. <laughs> Everything else is lacking, but the pace is definitely there. Definitely um, there. So I I loved playing those turf nights. We we had a grass field at my high school, so we didn't practice on turf very often. We didn't get to play in environments like that, but. Yeah. The turf favored me because they'd boot the ball and it'd run and I'd just sprint past everybody. Right. Um, so for that very specific reason, I'm gonna say I prefer turf. That's fair. I mean, if you're if your attribute, uh, if your main attribute is pace, then turf is perfect for that. I mean, that's why Ideal. American football is played on turf, and it's for you know a good reason. Um, Saves them a buttload of money too, which is what American sports care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, it blows my mind to see these premier league teams that are operating in like hundreds of millions of dollars, like Euro loss or oh, I should yeah. say pounds loss. That would never happen here. Yeah. The only yep. reason people own sports franchises is to make money off of them. Right. So it's Absolutely. really, really fascinating to see the way so that different. works. And we should definitely have a discussion of the hedge funds versus the nation states at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But moving on to the last one, another evil corporation, Nike or Adidas. <laughs> talk about evil corporations um, <laughs> for me it depends on the uh the apparel if i'm taking yeah. socks i'm going adidas if i'm if i'm going arsenal kits i'm going adidas uh if i'm going cleats yeah you can't even socks what are you talking adidas about socks are the softest no, 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 no. nike socks are the way to go bro uh, you're crazy no, you no. buy the pack of the I, black nike overall socks. i'm going nike overall i'm going nike i'm going nike for general cleats in general i always go nike shoes i go nike uh short shirt jersey anything i go nike but socks adidas socks are the best i'm sorry 
Well, you're wrong because it's Nike socks, and I probably will never change my mind because when I was in middle school, I wore Nike Elite socks like nobody's business. Yeah, I never got into those. So. Oh, dude, I was, <laughs> I was a basketball player back then. I, that was my. All right, sport, if played basketball, basketball back, back then, then. that was different. Yeah. So I was Nike Elite. Yeah, I never played. Through through, I had like eight pairs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do think that this, this or that is obviously only Nike or Adidas. It doesn't account for. For the listeners who don't know, I have a serious background in track and field, so I'm partially a little New Balance myself. But um, I'm gonna go Nike. I think I like I like their athletic apparel better. I like if I, even Adidas. I guess they make better sweatpants, but even that, I like Nike sweatpants better usually. No, um, <laughs> Nike, bro. Nike, everything uh, is just I don't know. I just like it more. It's just better. For the uh, purpose the... of this of this question, which is about in football terms, I'm going Nike because, you know, cleats or boots, as many call it, uh, I'm going Nike and you take them every time. I think much higher quality. Right. No, screw you. I'm back in Adidas for Messi. Um, wow. Okay. A complete wow. script flip from me. Oh, my uh, goodness. Team, team Messi. The block that makes that makes you the Ronaldo guy, um. <laughs> but that'll also be another uh, this or that for another time. That's that's a bonus <laughs> or that for another time. And um, I guess we have time for this rule change as well. Why not? We're already in it here. Yeah. Um, the the oh yeah the, the last segment we wanted to introduce. Uh, we're going to be discussing over intermittently it won't be every episode but every every few episodes we're going to be discussing potential rule changes that have been either suggested or thrown about or just talked about um, uh, and today today do you do you want to introduce this one because i've been talking a lot here sure. yeah let's do it um so the first rule change we're going to talk about is uh players taking their own penalties meaning uh the player gets fouled they are the ones that have to take the penalty um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna have your best taker step up and before you. What are your thoughts? Oh, dude, I love it. I think this is one of the best ideas I've ever heard. I it's definitely my American sports brain. That's right. Um, because this is like I mean, but in basketball, if you get fouled, can't nobody go to the stripe and take the shots for you. You got to go up in there and make them yourself. Absolutely. And I do believe that that adds an element of interest to the sport because. It it takes a lot of like, I mean, there's there's gonna be no more like Cedric Suarez diving in the box <laughs> and then like Aubameyang tucks the penalty home. And right. then, granted, that's that's a roast on Arsenal right there, which you you all are gonna find out I'm full of uh, all the time. But it it eliminates it eliminates a lot of incentive for those marauding attackers to go into the box and die for a cheap foul. Yep. And it is so unlikely that your outside back or your center back or one of those players who who would do dive just like everybody Probably. else is going to get carded for a dive. Yep. And we've seen we've seen attackers get carded for dives. It happens. It's not very frequent, but it does happen when it's blatant. And it's just not going to happen to a big center back. Yeah. No, you're right. So I I do think that this change would remove some of that desire from those players to deceive the referee, which is just an ugly part of the game. This is one of the uh, few things we talked about today that we've actually agreed on. uh, I will say Um, I am definitely pro players taking their own pens. I, um, I mean, the first thought that came to mind, the first example that came to mind is, you know, you were just talking about it with like Cedric Suarez going down about me and taking it. I'm thinking like Diogo Dalla takes a dive, takes a tumble in the box, and then he just gives it to Ronaldo. First of all, all these, mm. you know, there's certain players like Jorginho that rack up their goals, their goal tallies. They're, you know, they're going to stat pad with eight goals a season, all eight of them being penalties. Um, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that penalties aren't, you know, they aren't worth a goal. They don't count. Of course they do. You still have to tuck yeah. them away. There's a lot of pressure, but it's, it's not the same. And, you know, you can't just give it to your best taker when you're the one who goes down because if a player the, – the whole point of a penalty is a punishment for fouling because you prevented a goal from happening. But right, if, right. if a certain player goes down, then they were less – you know, Diogo Dalo is less likely to score that goal 
than Ronaldo's if he was taken down. So if Diogo Dallo is less likely to score, then he should be the one forced to take the penalty. Um, I do agree with you. I, yep. That's very interesting. So then the one bonus question, because I just thought of it right now while you were talking, and <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Should penalty goals count for golden boot tallies? Obviously, they count for the game. But, like, you see, like, Salah and Son tie for the golden boot. But what was it? Son scored in zero penalty goals? Yeah, here's what I'll say about that is, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think Sun should have won uh, Golden Boot. What I'll say is that um, I don't, I don't think you should take away the goals. In you know, it shouldn't be like Salah scored eight penalties, so he only had fourteen goals this year. I think he had twenty two goals. But if two players, if two players draw for, you know, they tie in first place, like now they both scored twenty two, twenty three goals. Um, and Son had less penalties or no penalties, he should be winning it. I think, you know, if it's a draw, they should have a tiebreaker, and I think that's a good example of one. Here we are seeing our Americanness again. Here, yeah, right. But there can't be a draw. There has to be a tiebreaker. <laughs> there has to be a winner. There has to be a winner. We need a winner. The American competitiveness to say that <laughs> needs to be a winner. Oh, unbelievable! All right, well, this was a good talk, man. It was. Uh, thanks for thanks for staying up late to chat with me. Yep, I'm happy um, to be on. <laughs> Ready to do more of these? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a quick preview for the listeners uh, before we go out of here for what you all can look forward to this Sunday. We will be dropping a uh, Liverpool season review, fresh off of the Champions League final with our friend Connor, who is a massive Liverpool fan. Um. And then we will be recording some other episodes to release to you all over the coming weeks. I think we'll probably try and maintain this about two-a-week pace if we can and see where we end up. Tell your friends. Share it with everybody. Post it on your Instagram story. Please do. Print out a QR code and, you know, bring it to school with you, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Uh, Just get it out there, man. Get it out any way, shape, or form. Thank you so much. We appreciate you all. And uh, good night, mate. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Patrick. Good talk. (laughs) Love you, bro. Talk to you soon. You too, bro. Peace. Peace.